0: Inside your bulletin, you'll find a connection card. This is a blue and white card on the front, purple and white on the back, and it's an opportunity for you to give us your name and just whatever information you'd like to give us and leave it on your pew. On the back, there's different boxes you can check. There's space for you to ask any questions or bring anything to our attention. So as you're doing that, you know, we'd like you to... Uh, especially if this is your first or second time, we'd appreciate you filling that out. As you're doing that, though, let me just catch you up on some things. <clears throat> There's uh, something that is not announce- in the announcements here that I'm going to, uh, that's not printed here, but it's um, Xiaomi and Andrew Mitsuhashi's baby shower is going to be May 21st. Okay, today's the 7th, 14th, 21st. Two Sundays from now at 1230 in room 10. And uh, Sandy, Sandy, where are you? Sandy here? Maybe Sandy's not here today, but Sandy's in charge of it. And so uh, keep that in mind. Just knock that in, just niche that in your mind if you'd like to attend that shower. That's May 21st at 1230. Um, on the back of your program, you do have other announcements about young married, single adult dinner tonight, uh, 5 o'clock. Also, we have um, banquets and showcase and um, this information for you. Okay, So make sure to take a look at that. Also, uh, the last thing is that we are going to have a baptism on the 21st and welcome in new members also. And we're we're doing those classes on Sunday mornings at uh, 9.15. And so if you're, we have a good group, but if you're still interested, come and talk to me and we'll try to fit you in. I just uh, flew in from Oakland last night. I was at a council meeting for this conference that this church is in, and every time I go up there, I, I get so tired of hearing about the Golden State Warriors. These, these guys, they're all Golden State Warrior fans, and they always tell me, oh, how good they are, and how l- loud you the Lakers and Clippers are, and all this stuff. i get so tired of that, you know, but they're a good team, wouldn't mind seeing them lose a little bit. Okay, if you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to the Gospel of John. John chapter 4. We're going to just read a few verses. And really today I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue in the same thing that Susan was talking about. We're going to talk about the sex trade, the the sex trafficking uh, going on, and just a a story that we can see in the Bible that, that talks about this and refers to this. So John chapter 4, we're going to look at, uh, I'm just going to read for you a few verses, look at verses 4 through 10, John chapter 4, just to get a flavor for the context here. John chapter 4, verses 4 through 10, or uh, 7 through 10, excuse me. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Jump to to verse 15 now. I'm going to read 15 to 18. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Let's pray. Father, as we get into this This well-known story, this incredible divine encounter that Jesus had with this woman, that exact time, that place, that Jesus knew he had to be there. And he has this incredible conversation that reveals so much about him and even our world. Now, Father, we pray that you'll bless this message to us, open our minds, open our hearts. Help us to see how how there's so many things in this world. There is nothing new under the sun. And the things that we face the things that Jesus himself even faced back in those days. But you are the hope. You are the great hope. You are the great life changer. So bless us, Father. ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the world that Susan is about to enter is one that a lot of us have heard about. Matter of fact, you see it in the tabloids, you see it in the newspapers, you see it on the news. You get flashes of it. This is a theme in some of the Movies you may watch and, and, and themes for different TV shows. Practically, every su- city, like Susan has mentioned, has human trafficking. There's human trafficking a- around almost everyone in major cities. And this has to do with, with the promise of money or education or modeling or even love. These girls and these guys are just lured into this, this sex trade or they're sold into this sex trade, or they're kidnapped into this sex trade. They are there. And it's one of those things that we as many times Christians, we don't give a whole lot of attention to. But today we're going to read about such a woman and read about how Jesus, being in that place for that divine appointment, had an encounter with her. And that divine encounter with her changed her life forever. So let's get into this. Let's look at John chapter 4, and we're going to really go back to some of these verses we just read. John chapter 4, and we're going to talk about facing the shame. Because whether you, like, whether you realize it or not, when you see, see some of these girls or see some of these pictures, realize at the down deep, there is shame, there is guilt, there's, there's stuff there that we don't see. So let's go to John chapter 4, look at verses 4 through 6. Now he, now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. You know, Jesus was worried on his journey, you know, going by foot. He gets to this well at high noon. The sixth hour would be high noon. And he goes there, and he wants a drink of water. Now, being who he is, he was there also to meet this woman. Let's look at verse 7. In in John chapter 4, verse 7, it says, When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? A little bit of background here. After King Solomon's rule, Israel was divided into two kingdoms. They had a the northern kingdom and a southern kingdom. The capital of the northern kingdom was called Samaria. And these Jews in Samaria intermarried. They didn't marry other Jews. They intermarried with people of different, different ethnic groups and different, different faiths. And, uh, and so they strayed. They were, they were gradually swayed. Straight from Judaism and, and Jewish culture, and 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 because of that, the Jews looked at Samaria, Samaritans in in a, in, a, in a way that was you're not you're not good enough to be with us. You are a different class of person. So this there's a divide between the Jews and the Samaritans. The woman Jesus met at the well was a Samaritan, and frankly, women usually didn't talk to men. Men were not supposed to talk to women, vice versa. But she went to fetch water um, at noon. If you've been to a third world country and you have watched women go fetch water, and I've seen that many a time, um, normally they go in groups. It's, it's really a social thing. You go over there and you socialize. You may pass by a, the same house all the time. They say, come on, let's go get our water. And they go walking, they put their jars or their containers on their shoulder or head, and they start walking, they're talking, and they're just socializing. And it's a really neat thing. So when they get down there for water, they're socializing. These women are socializing together. And, and, and this is a very common sight throughout the world. But this woman, this woman is by herself. She is by herself at the hottest time of the day when Everyone else would go get water early or late to avoid the hot hours. But she is there by herself at the hottest time of the day. Let's look at verse 9 through 15 here. That's a big chunk of reading here. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus answered her, Jesus answered Everyone who drinks this water will be will be thirsty oh excuse me everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst indeed the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up in him to eternal life The woman said to him Sir Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come, keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Did I pass where I was supposed to read? Did I? Am I supposed to keep on going? I just got into the story. (laughs) I just got into the story. Oh, I was supposed to stop at 15. Now you got it. It's like a, like a, um, a trailer, man. You guys know what's coming up. Okay, let's get into this. So here we are, this Samaritan woman was shocked at one thing that Jesus was a man, right? But also he was a Jewish man and that he would talk to her. And immediately Jesus seen her inner hunger. She must have had some of this. He could, you know, Jesus could see, read someone. He could see if we have that, that inner openness to the spiritual things. He starts to talk to her about her faith. And she missed that spiritual significance of what Jesus said, right? He says what? Hey, if you got water, give me this water so I don't have to come back here to this stupid well and be embarrassed by coming here in the sight of all the community. But she didn't get it. She couldn't cross over from the material to the spiritual. So Jesus, in verse 16, says what? He says, go call your husband. Changes the subject completely. Go call your husband. You, and she says, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you are right when you say you have no husband. See, this woman was living with a man she was not married to. And people ostracized her. She was ostracized in her little village. So she had to fetch water by herself. No other woman wanted to be by her, wanted to be connected with her, wanted to be seen with her. She was alone. In the world of of Sex being used, be it bartering, be it for money, be it for whatever else is going to come, to come to that act of sex. And sometimes, and many times, like Susan's communicated, it's not the fault of the victim. It's not the fault of the person who is engaged in the sex. There is damage being done. There is that shame, there's that guilt, there's a sense of being a discard from society. It's it's that self-image that's dragged down and stomped in the dirt. You know, um, many of you know that I was in Brazil, and I've shared some of these stories before, and my last assignment in, in, in the Amazon area of Brazil as a missionary was to establish a street children's ministry, and we decided to reach out to girls. Because no government organization wanted to spend time trying to reach girls. Girls on the street were too hard to reach. So my mission, we got together and we said, okay, let's reach girls. And so they, they, they told me, okay, Rick, go set up an uh, organization that would reach girls. Get, build yourself a team and do what you have to do. So they gave me a big budget and they said, just start to find out what to do. So I flew down from the Amazon, northern part of Brazil, way down to Rio and Sao Paulo. And I connected myself with missionaries who are down there in the southern part of Brazil in the big cities where there's a lot of sex, sex trade. And I remember going out on the street. It must have been like 12 o'clock or, 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 or later. And I went to the area where all these girls and transvestites are trying to sell their bodies. And I looked back there, and there sitting on the, kind of like the doorstep of a shop was this woman. She was quite a ways away. And so I just kind of started walking back there, and I looked at her, and she was just really, really, if you think of someone who was impoverished, she was an example. And she looked just so weather-beaten and beat down. And as I approached, she wouldn't look at me. She saw me come and she just kind of lowered her eyes and started looking down. And so I got closer to her, and I sat a little ways from her, and I started a conversation. I started to talk to her in Portuguese, and we started started asking her questions, and I eventually asked, why are you here? And when I asked that question, she, tears started coming down her face. And she eventually said to me, you see that girl out there? And I looked out there, and here's a girl about 12 years old. She said, that's my daughter. See, it's it such a tough life that this mother had to put out her daughter out on the street. And she was there just to make sure she wasn't going to get roughed up. And so her daughter's out there trying to make whatever money she could for her family. That mother was so filled with sorrow, but also shame and guilt as she was talking to me. And that's what the sex trade and sex trafficking does, whether it be out of desperation or 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 for or, or just for self-gain, it just kinda kills the soul. It just it just it's like blowing out a candle inside of you. It's just like darkness. When this Samaritan woman realized that Jesus knew her life, it's almost like caught. And even though the word the Bible doesn't say it, I'm positive this woman had a sense of guilt, and she had a sense of shame. She had a sense of being exposed, and that is a part of this ministry. When we think of these type of people who are are caught up into this, let's go on. Let's talk about fighting for survival. Let's look at verse 17 and 18. "I have no husband," she replied. Jesus said to her, "You are right when you say you have no husband. You are right. The fact is, you have had five husbands." And the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said, have just said, is quite true. Survival. See, it's, it's the reason that many of them are in the brothels and, and they're in the massage parlors here throughout Southern California. Uh, whether they were snatched and taken there or whether they were just so desperate they needed to get some money or they just didn't know what else to do, they're there. And it's for survival. Some are tricked into it, some are forced into it, but all of them are there trying to stay alive in some ways. You know, in Brazil, the girls are the toughest, like I mentioned, and no government organization wanted to touch them, Um, and this is the pattern we ran into all the time. Why is a girl on the street? Because when she was home, the mother, where a vast majority of the women there in this area in the Amazon were single moms, the mom, the only way she could survive is to take in a man, and so that boyfriend would molest the girls who were there. He had like a harem. And the mother wouldn't stop him because if he did, if she did, he'd leave. So this girls, young girls, are in homes, they, they, get, they get sexually attacked and abused. Runs away and gets onto the street. What happens? Guys on the street get her. What happens? The cops pick her up, and then the cops get her. So by the time someone comes to them and says, you know what? We'd like to help you. What? No way I trust you. That's why they're the toughest group. That's why they're the toughest group, and no one else wanted to do it. I remember I went down to the, street in the, in the city of Belang, population about 2 million our girls were being snatched off the street and taken to the gold mines in the Amazon. And there's this one girl, maybe around 10 10, 10 years old, and the car was just slowing down. It didn't even stop. This car is slowing down. The door opens up, and this girl is pushed out. And she comes staggering out like this. 10-year-old girl. And so I go up to her, and I says, you know, I just, you know she just had some time with this guy in the car. Clothes are all mussed up, and she's trying to get her clothes all in order. And I say to her, what did you get for that? she holds up a used T-shirt. Crazy, huh? All she got for, for doing that sex act with that man was a used T-shirt. See, when it came to trying to help these girls, the big deal is trust. Trust. In my first church in Brazil, I, I went to visit a single mom in the church, poverty area in Brazil. And uh, uh, my wife, Amy, and I were, were stationed there. And uh, first, it was the first month. I remember I just started visiting everyone there in the congregation. I go down into this kind of swampy area, and here's this little shack there. And as I get down there, here's, there's a taxi parked in front of the car, and this taxi driver just coming out, and he's pulling his zipper up. And I'm just leaning against the tree, and I, sit, and I start talking to the guy. I said, hey, you got a family at home, don't you? He said, Oh, yeah. God, how many kids? You have to tell me how many kids you have. You know, with a family at home, and I know how much you guys make as a taxi car, i How can you afford to, to do what you're doing here with this lady? And he says to me, Oh, in Brazil, there's always someone poorer than you. That is pure exploitation, isn't it? That is so sad. You know, these people are in there for survival. So many of these people are in the sex trade and, and human trafficking. They, they are trying to stay alive. Some of them are there because they were put there. Some of are there because they're, they're, they're trying to gain money and, and, and food. Some of them are there and doing, their, doing what they're told to do just so they don't get beaten to death. And this woman at the well was most likely one of them for whatever reason, she was there, and part of the reason her being there at, at the well in her life situation was because of survival. And sometimes we, as, as people out, on the outside, look at these people and say, oh, I'm not like that. I hope my kids never, my kids won't even their dad or my grandkids. And you, so you separate, but you realize that, that they're people too. Let's look at finding the Savior. Look at verses 19 to 20. 19, 20. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Right? See, in my limited experience, the key to winning anyone to the Lord, I don't care if it's your, if your sibling, I don't care if it's your best friend, I don't care if it's someone you meet in the line at Albertsons. So the the, 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 the key thing for someone to turn to your God with any kind, of favor, any kind of favorable view is that you have to earn their trust. That's a key thing. When the town would have little to do with this Samaritan woman, Jesus spent practically a whole chapter in the Bible talking to her and winning her trust. There's a Christian author, his name is Glenn Evans, and he wrote, The greatest need of our day is for God to become visible. He is visible to a certain extent in nature, but nature never conveys God's love. And see, Susan will be joining a team which conveys God's love. And that's what Jesus did. Look at verses 22-24. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. See, with trust being one, I think she's pretty comfortable with Jesus at this point. The Lord starts to speak to her about God, about the Father. That the very nature of God is spirit. And here's a woman who is spiritual by nature, and, 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 and by her just her interest and, and openness. And he's saying, hey, God is spirit. And as the person who comes before God, the person who worships God, the person who wants to wants to know God, does it in spirit. And we're not talking about the Holy Spirit. You know what we're talking about? We're talking about the inner person. We're talking about to about worship in heart. The worship in real sincerity. Something that you know when it touches you deeper inside. And it's not just motions and it's not just words. That true worship is the human heart, sincere and from within. And so, how does the woman respond? Look at 25, 26. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Whoa. Isn't that a mind blower? what if that happened to you? Isn't that a mind blower? See, it, it is proven reality that the only real lasting change in anyone has to be a change on the inside. And that's why Susan's group wants them to come to know Jesus. Jesus is the one who gives that newness Jesus is the one that can suddenly open eyes. Jesus is the one that can give them that strength and that ability and that that, that willingness to persevere because it's tough to walk away from any lifestyle that maybe you've been in for a long time. Jesus is the one who can, can make that change. He's that great cardiologist that can give that new heart and that new head, that new mind. See, and knowing that we humans can only do so much, what is our job? What can we do in this world? We do what the best we can in helping people understand that, hey, God loves you and Jesus is the way to know Him. And they get on that path. And that path is a life changing one. We can help them find the path, but God does, does all the rest. Look at verse 28, 29. Let's wrap it up right here. This is the end. My final words for this text. Then, leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Let's pray. Lord, as we think of this woman at the well, it just kind of just kind of touches upon in a very simple way, but hopefully a, a clear way that Father, there are out there that that are in this this trap, this this lifestyle, this this terrible situation of of the sex trade, sex trafficking. Father, we pray that our hearts and our prayers will go out to that ministry, and that. Uh, because we know Susan personally, that we would pray for her personally too as she enters this, 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 this ministry that's so, so difficult, and so worldwide. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for the reminder of how Jesus uh, can change lives. And so bless us as now we receive the elements of the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name, amen.